I see you have a new comic book in your hand. That must mean it's Wednesday. And that must mean it's time for U.S. Comics Cast! Welcome back to U.S. Comics Cast, the only podcast in the multiverse. Featuring yours truly and my co-host, the CEO of U.S. Comics, my big brother, much bigger, it's like a friggin' decade, John Rivera! Ah, yeah. And I am joined this week, as every week, by the COO of U.S. Comics, the Godzuki to my Mecha Godzilla, Charlie Rivera. I want those little broads singing a song for me. (laughs) Because they sang for Mothra? I don't even remember. As if they don't already. Touche. Touche. How's your comic book day treating you, my friend? Can't complain, my friend. The sun is shining. I'm on my two good feet. What more could a human being ask in this good world called Earth? (laughs) I mean, there's plenty we can ask for. Some of it... Dangerously you know, selfish. That's, that's, that's a good point. I take it back immediately. I want everything. <laughs> Just that Queen song starts to blare. I want it all. Yeah, sure. It, it, believe me, if there was a soundtrack to my life and Queen was featured, that would not be the song they used. <laughs> Did they have a song about little Latin losers? I don't well, know. I mean... <laughs> They got a song about fat girls and bicycles. I mean, something's got to work out. You know what? When you're right, you're right. When you sir, <laughs> are usually right. So this week, uh, you and I were kind of discussing what, what we can dive into. And just so ha- happened to line up perfectly with me flipping through uh, my comics and kind of reorganizing and just seeing all the, the, the word new shows up in comic books aggressively. It, it, sure. it reminds me of, I, I'm just a little bit too young for what I imagine was like the golden age of action figures. Like He-Man was was something that I got to, to play with because you had them as, as a kid and, and I got kind of the recycled toy version of it. But to and see you're it, welcome. And I am very appreciative as my... As my office can attest, uh, the 80s play a powerful part here. Uh, the, the, the giant red sticker that just said new. New sure. super slime awesome tank. New. The sunburst new underlined two exclamation marks. The, the 53rd series of the Ninja Turtles toys. All of these things <laughs> are, are either a faint memory or something I missed. But it was always, to my recollection, a really new thing never had to advertise itself as new. When when the Turtles first came out, they didn't have to be like, here's your new Turtles figures. Because they, we they're new. I know they're new. I used to not see, you know, Ninja Turtles. And now I see them. They never existed before. And now they do. <laughs> so when they got to like... You know, the funky turtles who were dressed up like the Beatles. I kind of needed oh, a Lord. new sticker just to keep up <laughs> with how ridiculous that toy line got. And don't think that I'm sleeping on it took until 2016 for the Ninja Turtles to also be Ghostbusters. Because those I own, they're on the <laughs> desk staring at me, and they're friggin' it awesome. It was just a matter of time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, it it lined up kind of perfectly with your suggested topic today, which was uh, reboots, relaunches, the rebranding of it all. Because it doesn't always fail. If it always failed, if it was always stupid, uh, it would have been done once. It would have been done sure. once, and then it would have it would have died a horrible right. they, death. They never would have revisited it again. Knowing that it was just uh, the Betamax of ideas. Exactly. And I don't want to hear this nonsense that Betamax was technically superior. Shut up, <laughs> Betamax. You and, what, what was it, HD DVD can suck an egg. Because just yeah. you guys, Laserdisc, all of you can take a long walk <laughs> off a short beer. Uh, but 
it got me thinking. It got me thinking to kind of where we are now with the big two. Marvel seems to have a big rebranding, even when the rebranding is to go old school and then the old school is back to the new school. So I don't know hmm. if you want to start us off, uh, but do you have one that, that resonates in your mind, one that really sticks out like a sore thumb for either good or bad reasons? Well, well, yeah, for for fear of uh, our show being labeled with like a big negative mark, a negative, you know, hashtag over our heads. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it to seem that uh, it's always going to be the negative of things that kind of um, that kind of inform our uh, our opinions about things. Um, so so I'm actually going to start with a positive on the whole reboot, relaunch, refranchise uh, opinions. Um, again, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the nineties, especially when it comes to comic books, as far as toys are concerned, I'm a child of the eighties, but I'm a child of the nineties with comics. I mean, that's when I really had, that's when I came into my own, I had my own opinions and there was a lot of new content out there, but, um, you know, in the nineties, it was impossible to not pick up amazing valiant titles um really you know like uh i know a lot of the 90s era conversations do uh do kind of hover over image because that was the big big story uh at the time how how all the top artists you know uh, um, kind of abandoned so to speak marvel uh, and dc to a lesser degree um in so much as they avoided they didn't they didn't move from one company to the other like they they often all did at the time and and arguably do now again <laughs> but um in in the 90s valiant had amazing comics on the stand um but kind of in the middle uh middle of of the decade that just stopped that just ended valiant was sold to acclaim i, I don't even know if you're if you're really uh versed in in this history um, and that's a video game company. So this video game company came along, picked up really an awesome uh, uh, comic book company. And, um, you know, all of these stories, all of these comics that I really, really liked, uh, uh, Solar, Turok, um, Magnus, Archer and Armstrong, uh, the Eternal Warrior, you know, all of a sudden... Um, you were just kind of just left up in the air. You know what it was like, Charlie? It was almost like um, how Deadwood just stopped after like yeah. the third series. No, no, no big finale. No, you know, uh, no, no Union Army rolling through. No, no Indian invasion. Um, it just stopped. And then, uh, you know, de uh, Acclaim declares bankruptcy, and um, you're like, oh, okay, just so, so that's all over now. They turn off the lights. But um, it ended up being a positive for Valiant. So Valiant ended up restarting in 2005, and they were kind of building towards um, like a game plan. And, and I can really appreciate planning. Lord knows, with U.S. Comics' slow <laughs> roll, um, you know I can appreciate a, a build-up. And, and so uh, in about 2011-2012, um, they have relaunched all of these titles that that really i was so into and they did it with gusto so not only are there newly developed versions versions not virgins versions <laughs> of all of valiant's most popular characters um you know but they're they're outstanding uh Har harbinger uh, bloodshot there are there there's you know they're really clicking on all cylinders and they're they've picked up the the type of momentum that the big two have with um, kind of even rolling that out into other mediums it's not just in the comic book pages so that's a that's a really good example i think of how something can be rebooted because of necessity not just on a whim um but when they do it they 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 really did it right one one can uh very successfully argue how the newer version version is is completely better yeah, it's it's certainly it's certainly an argument that can happen. I mean, what was really amazing uh, about about Valiant the first time around was they they really came through and had that I hate to say that indie voice um, because it is kind of a, a predictable 
uh, phrase. But in the heat of, of kind of the indie film movement uh, of the 90s, especially, they came in and they said, hey, we can kind of do everything. We can really do everything as good, if not better, than, sure. than the big boys. Uh, it was it was a very very interesting time. What's amazing about Valiant is even in their kind of death rattle originally before coming back was they they have some amazing uh, influences that that their their current mentality of kind of doing. There's an amazing uh, Shadow Man album. This band did uh, a whole album based on the new series based on a run specifically in the new series and it's tremendous it's weird and it's it's you know feels like you're down by the bayou it's it is really huh. really amazing but it the minute you mention valiant my brain goes somewhere weird and i'm a huge archer and armstrong mark specifically the Absolutely. first new run they kind of did a series sort of refresh that mm. kind of falls into my negative bucket but you know huh. That's the vast minority as far as the Valiant books go. But I yeah. always think of it's, Shadow Man. Like a, it's like a soft open when a restaurant's not really ready <laughs> to open the doors. They'll be like, oh, we got some mozzarella sticks for you. Exactly. But what's amazing is uh, I, I want to say it was 99. Shadow Man was a video game acclaim put out for the Nintendo there 64. It is. it is wildly beloved. Huh. It's 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 yeah, like I mean, one of those. It's nine were... out of ten consistently. People people lose their minds uh, minds over it. Uh, so I... so anyway, all right. So so you're on board with mine. Why don't you hit me with you know, one of yours, up or down? Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with an up before I <laughs> delve heavily into the the. <laughs> The, the laundry list of things I hate, but, but one of before my before I pull hard left on the wheel. One of my favorite uh, retcons, I, I guess you would technically consider it, is Captain Mar Captain America had a whole life in World War II. Him and Bucky, those comics were a staple of their era. However, to bring him into the modern era, they they recraft his story, and that's the most famous telling of Captain America. He. He crashes in ice one way or another. Uh, Bucky Bucky dies or or almost dies and loses his arm, depending on which recon. Wink, retcon. Wink. But that's, I think, one of the greatest successes in retcon history. They kind of plucked this character out of his own era to throw him in the modern story. And, and we got these amazing Captain America, man out of time sort of stories. And without the, the lovable Marty McFly twist of, you know, Captain never really gets to go back um, to his time. So he truly, truly has to deal with a whole new world. It was a genius move on Marvel's part. Uh, one of those things that I, I think if anyone else did it, it would be very, very cheesy. Um, I was very afraid Marvel was going to try to do it again when they had Wolverine and uh, I almost said Carbonite. Uh, but when he yeah. was in the, the huh. giant, uh, bulb, you know, blob of Animentium for so long, uh, I thought they were gearing up for that like wolverine 2099 because those books right. were all so perfect um but that's They're one like of my favorite older I think. man logan <laughs> very old man even <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but i think that's one of the greatest retcons uh, ever certainly one of the most successful uh and at the time i think a very very necessary one all right yeah no i can i can definitely see that and you know what it is uh, especially with a character like captain america um, and and this is probably uh, this this is probably towards the larger point when you have characters who have been around for so long, and Captain America has uh, has a good amount um, you know has a good amount of history behind him obviously um, you know when they when they were pumping out patriotic characters right and left he came out and you know the, here they did it the best he's the prime example of that. Um, but you know, with time and with many, many writers and artists and, uh, you know, hands touching the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, property, um, sometimes things get kind of wacky and that's when, when someone needs to come in with a strong hand and, and, and write the ship and, and put everything on a straight line, uh, in the right direction. And, and yeah, I, th I agree with you. I think that was a prime example of how precisely that can be done. Uh, in an ideal capacity, where not just it's a cleanup, but it's but it's 
probably even better than, than what came before and, and it makes perfect sense for what's coming uh, ahead if you if you have to pull a car off-road you know let, let it be for, for uh, an off-road that's going someplace fun and and that's what the captain america um reboot or retcon uh did you know give it gave the next generation of riders to handle that property um a, you know a, a very open path of some some opportunities for really great riding um and and i'll go ahead and follow it up with another positive i'm sure the you know i'm sure the listeners are, are shocked uh pulling over themselves um but i, I i'm gonna get go, i'm gonna bring up crisis on infinite earths okay uh dc's huge reboot uh i mean a, a literally a universal reboot probably in my opinion the most important uh crossover event uh in all of comic bookdom um so so this was again this was mid 80s uh it restructured the entire dc universe from what's what's referred to now as the pre-crisis version so look anytime you end up with a with a cool moniker from from an event you know it was a good event (laughs) so um so yeah so so again it 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 kind of established a, a red line uh, you know, for what came before and what came after. So there were major, major changes throughout the DC universe. And, um, you know, pre-crisis, you had uh, hundreds of alternate Earths. But post-crisis, you had one Earth, you had the antimatter universe. That was that was pretty much it. So the, the entire point of the thing was to clean up this uh, universe that had begun become so ungainly because again, there have been so many uh, characters who who dipped in and dipped out of it, manhandled it, you know, slapped it on the ass, said it was a good game, and went on their merry way. But they they didn't look behind to see the love child they left behind them. <laughs> and um, what what you were left with was this uh, uh, superfluous, uh, you know, v- versions of characters and uh, you know, it, where when they did it, I think. It was it was really ideal. It toned down their universe. I mean, Superman, who is an admitted favorite of of ours, was so overpowered. I mean, he could pull apart universes. Post Crisis Superman, far less powerful, much more grounded uh, than his former self. But I would argue far far more interesting. You know, if you're a writer and you have to have something assigned to you, give me post crisis all day of the week um also the crossover and this is something we touched on in the past episodes there were deaths there were there were meaningful deaths supergirl died barry allen died he actually stayed uh, you know remarkably he stayed dead for years after the <laughs> after crisis um but uh, you know again you know for as as a as a, a dc lover it was really one of the most pivotal, one of the most important events uh, to happen, period. You know, especially for DC, which has been known in the past for being a little bit too close to the vest. Um, I loved it. I thought it was outstanding. It really was. Now, the everything has, uh, has some problems. But again, it was one of those things at the time. It was a very, very necessary move. Um, I, I personally tend to like my multiverse a little bit bigger. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of a multiverse. My my rule of thumb tends to be I don't really love when multiverses know about each other. Um, to right. me, that kind of ruins their purpose. If you if you want to tell me that there's a Soviet version of Superman, I'm I'm all in. I want to know about everyone. I want to know about Soviet Green Lantern. I want to know about Soviet Dick Grayson. I want to know the 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 whole top to bottom. But I don't necessarily need them ever meeting. Um, you're like let let me know about Soviet Jimmy Olsen. Oh God! Like how? Like and and honestly, it's it's one of those things. Like in my head, I'm like, just go Buck, have him be the <laughs> Ivan Drago of of Mother <laughs> Russia. I just love like you know, just change the dynamic of the my pal Jimmy uh, shtick. It, it would just make my heart happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Barry, terrible. Uh, so some so again, I. I uh, you, I'll, I'll give you the option, my my lovable brother. 
Do you want a positive one? Because I do have positive stuff left. Or do you like a negative one? Uh, why don't you hit me with another positive, man? Uh, Let's keep I, it upbeat. <laughs> I love when... Uh, I, 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 it might be the first retcon. Uh, I suspect it was in, unintentional. Um, but uh, I'm talking about in 1961, DC again... Uh, Flash of Two Worlds made it out that all of our Golden Age heroes existed in their own world. That was the first time that idea came to uh, existence. Um, again, the Golden Age Flash meets up with the modern Flash. Uh, it's totally, totally, uh, I, I think it's amazing, the introduction of Earth 2. Um it was great. It was it was at the time DC's way of kind of simplifying their their own history, um, without a massive event. They were just kind of like, hey, guess what? That uh, that other stuff we published totally totally uh, counts. Uh, obviously, 1985, Crisis on Infinite Earth uh, changes it, um, gets rid of those contradictions that this kind of started. But I do think at the again, if we want to talk about at the time. How do you explain having two guys named Green Lantern that aren't descendants of each other and not namesakes of each other? They're they're wildly different. Or in the case of Flash, it's just two people with the the same name but wildly different looks. You know, I'm a big fan of that bullhead too, but uh, doesn't seem to line up with the Flash uh, the Flash family. Uh, so I absolutely love uh, Flash of Two Worlds. Um, again, I, I love that splitting up of. Uh, of a universe when it doesn't quite mesh. I dig it. I dig it. All right. So now, now but here's the thing. I mean, you were not really, um, uh, you, this, the, you were appreciating the afterglow, so to speak. You aren't there for the funk and dunk of the whole thing. So, um, I, I, I might put out there that you were not as affected, uh, per se, personally. I mean, academically, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And also when you um, when you do your homework and you're looking back on some of these comics that were before your time, some of these characters and storylines, you almost have to shake your head at, especially when they try to recreate some of those uh, stories in, in the current universes. You're like, what, what the hell? <laughs> None of this makes any sense at all. I'd never want to see Batman colored you know, uh, rainbow colored Batman's ever again. Like, <laughs> one, once is enough. One go through. So, um, yeah, and, and you're right. The you know the afterglow, uh, I I do think helps quite a bit. Uh -huh. But uh, sure. For for at least this, I I tried to put myself in a position of of what was handed to me as as something you need to read. I feel like every kid goes through a flash phase. Um, so there was like a month and a half where I was like, <laughs> the Flash is the best, and it was mainly because of his television I don't know, show. Man. I mean, Grant. You know what? Maybe you should. Uh, maybe you should amend that point to be like, every every kid who had a younger, uh, who who was younger to uh, uh, another brother or maybe a cousin who pulled the old, hey, uh, why don't you get me a can of coke and I'll time you. Let's see how fast you can do it. Maybe those little, maybe those little ankle biters went through their quote unquote fat flash phase. But I don't know if. I, I would paint everybody with that brush. I don't know, man. I still have dreams of that felt uh, Flash costume. That, <laughs> That's that true. just looked awesome. That, that is true. There's nothing that screams speed like crushed velvet and pre-molded muscles. <laughs> he looked like he weighed 320. He looked like Brock Lesnar of the UFC oh, and WWE as the Flash. He's like, Dude, yeah, I'm fast. I promise. Like you're not. <laughs> I, I can tell you're not. You have nine abs, oh. sir. <laughs> All I was thinking was, look, I hope you're fast enough to run through the raindrops because if that costume gets wet <laughs> even a little bit, you're going to weigh 500 pounds. Total side note, it's a retcon in its own reality, I guess. But the Flash TV show, I hate that people give that actor a hard time for being so thin. I'm like, he's the fucking Flash. He doesn't have to have oh, muscles, yeah. man. He looks like a yeah, runner. Yeah. Run your ass. That's kind of the point. Ridiculous. It, the, it, it, like... Honestly, it's one of the only times body shaming really bugs me, which is such a <laughs> really, weird... really makes you mad. You leap to his skinny-ass rescue. Exactly. I'm like, you leave Tiny alone. I represent <laughs> the fat fucks. I got your back, Flash. 
Now go run and get me oh, a soda. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why don't you go do a lap, buddy? I'll eat your lunch so you can stay nice and thin, fit in your costume. Exactly right. I, I'm in his defense until he says one of those like Hollywood statements of like, I try to put on weight. I just can't. But like, right, now shut up. Now, now like, we're yeah, fighting. Now you're making me hate you too, dick. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, that that's 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 fair enough, Charlie. I'll, I'll give you that. Now, what I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm actually, if I had been putting good money down on, on what I thought you would bring up first, um, is what I'll I'll go ahead and jump on board with. Oh shit! Marvel Knights. Marvel yeah. Knights is is pure. Thank you. Thank you. Marvel Knights is purely uh, 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 the 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 spawn of shitting on the comic book code of authority. <laughs> that code has has thrown its its weight around the comic book dumb um, for so so long. I mean, for for what for decades, right? And um, finally, with things that were oh, sorry, pal, hang tight. No sorry needed. Alright. Uh, jumping back. Um, so yeah, so so Marvel Knights was purely uh, a result of taking a dude on the comic book code of authority, and uh, for for so long, um, stories could not be told in such a way that it really neutered some of the more interesting characters that were out there. Granted, darker, more uh, street level, quote unquote, characters. Who, who really couldn't play in the sandbox of pure uh, white hat, black hat, good guy, bad guy storytelling. So um, what Marvel ended up doing was they launched new versions of Daredevil, uh, The Punisher, Black Panther, uh, Elektra, uh, The Inhumans, and they, they did so without that, um, without that, that, that stamp, that, that, Pretty much everyone in comic book fandom knows really, really well. Um, so they launch out uh, uh, an Earth 616 version of Marvel. That was the abandonment code. That was like the Wild West of comic books. <laughs> Sex, drugs, violence. Uh, everything was on the table. The creators had the, the shackles thrown off of them for the first time, really. Uh, at least at Marvel. And, um, I mean, you're talking about the, uh, a group that said you can't you can't use the word zombie and um you know and the the writers uh, abided by that now all of a sudden it was like uh you know it was like the like the puritans when they <laughs> or the amish before they take up their uh, their their manhood and they get their own farm and butter churn and stuff like that they they go out into the world and go wild for for a little while, that's what this comic book uh, <laughs> reboot did for them. Now, granted, it wasn't a, a reboot in the sense that this is just how everything is right now. It was, again, a kind of a pocket universe. But for, for a comic book reader, it was an opportunity to pick up books for characters that you were familiar with and that you knew. Um, but all of a sudden, it's like you were seeing the behind-the-scenes version, you know? Like what? the real-world version of Daredevil and Punisher. That's some serious shit. What I really loved about that specifically, and, and I know it was given its own Earth designation, but it really did uh, inform those characters that needed that harder edge. Daredevil, need, like, it's, it's one thing to say, like, Daredevil loves women. He fucking loves them. He uses them, though, because he's kind of a piece of shit. Sure. Being told that while someone is grinning and, and saving cats out of trees isn't as impactful as what some of those Marvel Knight Daredevil books were able to do. You were able to see this, like, quiet desperation because they they were they, they didn't have to be reserved. Um, yeah. It's, it's very much the opposite of what DC recently tried to do with their MA line. And I know everyone got happy because we saw Batman Schwanz. Um, <laughs> then, like, Speak it turned yourself, out, sir. like, the backlash was so extreme because of a dick. I, I really do hate society sometimes because, like, they're not even re releasing it edited now. They're not reprinting it. So, like, it, it just, that's where we draw the line. Like, if he tore off Joker's face, we probably would have just been like, that's fine. We already did that. Um, but in a, in a time where we were. 
a little bit more more open to these kind of things. Punisher shooting and there not being blood doesn't really make sense. Daredevil, Daredevil is, you know, while he does have, have his sonar ability, he's kind of a, a badass Batman in as much as, like, not quite a superhero if you took away the spandex. Suddenly he had such an edge. And th those books were just... For, for me, again, kind of coming in retroactively, when I was super into Daredevil, I remember the the the, the glow on, on the guy who was kind of selling me these four-color funny books when he went, oh, you like Daredevil, that's that's great. Um, so so you, I assume you have all the Marvel Knight stuff. And I was like, what's Marvel, oh, right, what's right. Marvel Knight? Is it just stories that happen at night? Because most of Daredevil shit is, like, <laughs> he's blind, don't be, don't be rude. And this guy, I remember it's in the nice store... Man. I read the first four issues. Um, what? Like, of his, like, he just handed them to me. He was like, sit down, we have to oh talk. Oh, God. He should have um, been charging you rent. <laughs> exactly right. And I'm a slow reader. I was there for, like, two and a half days. Uh, <laughs> What's this word? What's this word? <laughs> what about this word? You're like, don't let a six-year-old in your comic book shop, guy. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I absolutely, uh, I loved and, and uh, adored it personally. It's, again, sure. it's another perfect example of how you kind of justify doing it and you do it without really ostrich it never well, yeah, once I made mean, me it think was, like well it was this is a cop it was out. impactful because yeah like what i think it was like something like three years um marvel ended up just leaving the code behind entirely and and if marvel knights hadn't happened and it wasn't successful um you know that that might not have have been the case because once marvel left the code behind dc left the code behind and, and oh bless you dc left the code behind and, and pretty much every other comic book publisher out you know even archie <laughs> when archie comics says fuck you code that's that's when you really know you've turned the corner and uh, that's significant change yeah it's pretty it's pretty fantastic to go from something super positive to something that genuinely annoys me and it annoys me retroactively which is sometimes huh. easier sometimes really harder but uh, uh don't you, don't you get mad at yourself because at first you liked it co correct and and this is kind of it joe chill is one of the worst things to ever happen in comic books huh joe chill is doo-doo uh, for those of you that don't know, and again, I hate to talk about a non-superhero on the podcast, but uh, Joe Chill was the person who murdered Bruce Wayne's parents and sent him on his, like, vigilante, I'm a night cop, uh, a spandex-clad uh, mission. But that completely fucking breaks the character. And this is all the way back in 1956. It only took 47 issues of Batman for them to go and fuck it up. They completely huh. ruined it. Then they doubled down. And it wasn't that Joe Chill was just some asshole killer. Uh, he becomes an assassin working for a, 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 a mob boss. The, the, point of the, the point of the random person who killed Batman's parents, for all the people out there who are like, Joker did it, Joker should do it. The joke, it's the Joker. Joker was Joe Chill. Joe Chill becomes the... Shut up. You're missing the fucking point. The point is the city sucks. Yeah. It, 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 he, Bruce Wayne is just the first orphan kid with money. That's the only difference. If Batman is special at all, he's special because he had the means to do the thing that everyone would fantasize doing in that situation and they fucked it up for what payoff for what payoff his intentions were crystal clear right it wasn't random at all the circumstance surrounding the death uh is is now um ruined and it has stayed ruined they have retconned it a million times the original story i was fed as a kid to the best of my recollection was in the animated series. I'm pretty sure it's Joe Chill, and I'm pretty sure Joe Chill winds up being the Joker. I could be wrong. Uh, I haven't like sat down to rewatch that series uh, ever. It kind of just lives permanently in my brain as this awesome thing. Um, but Joe Chill sucks balls. The only time yeah. I like Joe Chill is I feel like sometimes 
some iterations of Batman use Joe Chill as like when Bruce Wayne goes undercover with like a scar on his cheek. He's like, yeah, I'm Joe Chill. What's up? Uh, that's, I think, the yeah. only time. Right. Well, well yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the whole thing is, you know, it, it could have been any any scumbag, you know, on the street because that's that's what the city was. You know, it was more um, it was more got to me. <clears throat> it was more to me Gotham that killed his parents, like the seedy side of, um, you know, of uh, of Gotham. Um, you know, so so I agree. It's like it's like having Jack the Ripper actually being the one that kills Uncle Ben. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, dude, it's not necessary. Some sometimes, and and granted, there are alternate timelines and and things like that that are what ifs and and outside uh, current and continuity those are fine. that can do, do yeah that that can do more fun stuff or more interesting or intriguing stuff with big moments like that in comic books um but i mean i, I agree i think for the for the most part uh where, when it works best for, especially for for the batman character is when it when it's it is senseless it's not part of some you know, conspiracy spiderweb type uh, uh, storyline that's just kind of unnecessarily convoluted. And again, you know, sometimes you just gotta ramp up the Batman storylines to sell some more Batman books. What? What? No, you don't. Batman's <laughs> friggin' sells. You could you could just reprint the same Batman stories from three years ago, literally verbatim, and people will still buy them. They'll they'll still fly off the rack. There's absolutely no reason <laughs> to fuck around with the Batman, uh, you know, mythos. That's dumb. Especially it was such a perfect origin to the point where, again, it is it is almost identical to the Spider-Man origin, which which the Ben, the Uncle Ben dying origin, which I think is also best left unsullied. Because the minute you're like, well, it's because Peter could have stopped like like that aspect, I almost think is is too much and, and it does feed a story differently and and you know blah 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 obviously yeah, Uncle Ben's it, it story changes, is own beast I'm just saying it changes the entire dynamic so so basically everything you think you know is is just now thrown out and and that's that's what I really really hate um and that actually leads me to my next one and, and this is this is uh, I'm not probably this is where we are going to differ because your argument, you probably know where I'm going already, is there were some good stories told in there. I don't like the mocking. But, I feel like my mocking is yeah. not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were not supposed to like that. Um, I, I will say that the new 52, launched by DC Comics in 2010, 2011, um, was one of the biggest clusterfucks and sales would agree with me, and the fact that they have uh, rerouted their their uh, direction, um, I think completely uh, agrees with my point. It was a total mess. It was a complete fucking mess. The renumbering of their books, the the you know comics that have been published since 1930 were just stricken from the records. Hundreds of issues went by the wayside. Renumbered to number one. Get the fuck out of here. What they did, and again, you, I know you're going to, I'll still let you argue your point. Like, I know you're chomping at the bit to do. Some of what they did with some of the lesser characters, and yes, I'm calling Vibe a lesser character. It's true, but um, Vibe rules. <laughs> some of what they did, yeah, it made sense. Some of what they did um, was an improvement. But I would say percentage-wise, it was a far, far... Uh, far more so as a landslide and a negative. The things that they did, the redesigns, you know, let's redesign Superman. Let's change. You want to talk about changing mythoses and things things like that. Um, totally, totally dumb. And this was purely from a sales perspective. Because, look, one reboot, all right, I'll give it to you. A second reboot, well, maybe you have good reasons. But when they start rebooting reboots, and rebooting the reboots reboot twice removed 
Um, it's it just gets it really gets absurd. It was larger in scale than any other uh, reinvention of any comic book universe. And granted, there's there's really only the two uh, huge universes uh, to speak of. But um, you know, when they kicked off the New 52, it was it was hailed with so much. Uh, fanfare and uh, so much attention was brought to it. Probably the probably the most attention that they've demanded since the death of Superman. Um, and and it was just a fucking mess. It was like he sent out a million invitations to a party that sucked ass. Here's here's and this is the thing. For wipe wipe your bubbling tears away from your face because I know you're here's, I know you're upset that I took the shot at New Fifty Two. I'm not. This is what I'll say about the New 52. The New 52 brought me back to comics. The gimmick was aggressively sold enough that I said, I have to try this out. Now, but, but, but my question then is, why, why did you step away from comics if that's the case? Um, because, look, everybody can take a vacation. Everybody's allowed a couple weeks in Florida now and again to recharge. But... Um, you're saying that you stepped away from comics like you were just not interested in in the four color funny books anymore? They I I became in my secret origin. Fun fact, my brother abandoned me to go to a different state for a while and my whole life fell apart. Uh, that because son of a bitch. Because the the book that kind of uh, wound up keeping me in in comic books uh, for for a long time uh, was was Daredevil. It was kind of Daredevil and Superman were the two books. Now, the one thing that Marvel does, much to my chagrin, is they tend to work in a lot of other characters. They do these big, these big events. And it just... I got so inundated. I went from kind of reading my two books to I suddenly was reading, like, 12 books, and 10 of them were total garbage because Marvel's so consistently kind of change their path and change their rules so it was actually 2011 uh the new 52 launched let me let me just ask you this before i go on my tirade and it's not a tirade of defense because there's a lot of things that i obviously hate about the new 52 yeah duh if the new 52 if that whole gimmick wasn't that they're restarting if the whole gimmick was a new Multiverse. If we were going to focus in on a different universe that everything started in 2011, I think that's interesting. If there was an imprint of, of four or five books and it was this new version of Superman, this new version of Batman, new version of Flash, a new version of Wonder Woman, I think those books would have sold well and had amazing storytelling uh, potential. I mean, I, I guess if if your hook is ju is purely so yeah, these comic book characters that you know have, that have been around for decades and decades, uh, now they're young though, and they're ghosts. No, so now now they're young, and everything's gonna start in 2011. Um, yeah, you know what, Charlie, you, you're right. If there was a if if there was Earth, you know, 7-Eleven. And um, the the hook is that the everyone it's uh, everybody's much younger, and the the whole real story arc of of super a superhero dumb doesn't begin till 2011. Yeah, I could probably probably get into a, a that a book little saying bit. what is the golden age of superheroes if it starts in a modern age with cell phones and with Facebook and things like that. I'll just point out to yeah. a couple things, and I'll leave Vibe out of it. Everyone knows I love Vibe. Vibe fucking rules. <laughs> Why aren't you downloading? Uh, Issues of Vibe. There's Love not that Vibe. many. Dude, uh, Vibe Barbara has an Gordon order of returning to Batgirl was amazing. Batgirl's book during the New 52, at least the first half of it before the New 52 crumbled, is great. Now, I'm fully aware that people with disabilities lost the hero in Oracle, but I'm not talking about uh, the, the, the political atmosphere. I'm talking about storytelling. Me getting Barbara Gordon back as Batgirl um, on those books, those books. Uh, are amazing. They're amongst the best Barbara Gordon, the best Batgirl uh, stories. 
Yeah, but you, you didn't can't... need that. Re- you didn't need that new fifty-two. We're not talking about what we need. I'm trying to justify stories. why it holds an affinity to me before I beat the shit out of it. The other thing I'll say is All I right. found it very interesting having Superman and Wonder Woman having a romance instead of Superman and Lois Lane. Now that wound up being a clusterfuck in the actual pages, but as an idea, Shocking. that's an idea I would like to see explored. Now. Yeah, but that's but that's an else world. That's a what if. That is a what if, a cool what if. Now, let me just start with the goddamn look of it. I was furious outside the gate. I love Jim Lee. He's an amazing talent. Every fucking body having a collar drives me nuts. Superman has one of the best costume designs of all time. The fact that they screwed with that made no sense. The fact that Batman's book didn't actually retcon. Batman's book, all his stuff stayed. He just became younger. How are you going to have 12 kids? 12-year-old Batman? That doesn't make goddamn sense. Oh, yeah. it was so annoying. Why did they do how it about, to me? How about the fact that you had comic book titles that were all part of the same reboot and new universe, but were actually six years apart? What the fuck? What, you- why? Why would you? That's the, 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 the myth that they planned this is just yes. that. It's a goddamn myth. It was a selling it's a point, joke is and what they it is. fucking tricked it's me. It's a non-funny joke. So really, I'm the victim, damn it. <laughs> because they had me hook, line, and sinker. They had my fucking money, and I have in my collection, I want to say, like the first 40 New 52 books across the damn platform. And their best, one of their best stories was the Shazam book that was the backup to Justice League. And thank God it was the backup to Justice League because that first run of fucking Justice League is terrible because New 52 was terrible. Yeah, it was everything terrible. That I they, think we've everything that. that succeeded in the New 52, they fucking ruined. They ruined before it started. Because if you, if you take any element of the New 52 and you give me 10 minutes with it, I can make an intriguing story. I've talked about it before. The Robins. The idea of like a street gang trying to defend Gotham as Batman's sidekick. Tell me that as a what if story, that doesn't fucking sound dope. A world where Batman actually doesn't want anyone in his life. He doesn't want a sidekick. He doesn't adopt a kid. And these kids take on the moniker of like a bird to to reflect like they're the daytime version of fucking Batman. And they're in essence a street gang. Then Batman has to get involved. Could be a fucking cool story. Did they do that? No. Instead, they made Batwing, who's in a yellow mech suit. The fuck out of here, Batwing. Huh. I'm sick of talking to you. Enough. Bastards. Enough. God damn it. I, I, I and feel that's like gonna I bring me... touch the nerve. Yeah, and that's going to bring me right over to Marvel. Because don't think you're not in my fucking sights, Marvel, who drove me away from comic books. Not only am I not a fucking Marvel zombie... It can be killed, and it was killed in one foul swoop. And I'm the guy who defends the Clone Saga. Me, (laughs) Charlie Rivera, has sat on this show and defended the Clone Saga. But in 2007, Joe Casada, my boy Joe, fucked me. And he did it with no lube, sir. No lube. Spider-Man comics, I've talked about it before. Spider-Man's one of these characters who a lot of people, as you can tell by Spider-Man Homecoming, people kind of want a younger Spider-Man. He represents, he's, he's kids, he's tweens, he's teenagers to, to a certain extent. He represents us as far as who we were, not who we're trying to be. So Spider-Man was about to get married. So what does Joe do as the head honcho of Marvel? He does one more day. Aunt May is shot and dying. And then the devil, Mephesto, shows up and says, I will save your crusty-ass aunt, who's a billion. (laughs) They drew her with so many wrinkle lines. Oh, man. So she looks so old, man. Let the lady rest. But you have to sacrifice your history with mary jane yeah john what the fuck are you talking about 
you're again pulling a Back to the Future without time travel and without the fucking sweet resolve of a resolve. And now, yeah. in 2018, after Marvel has done, let me run some math, since 2007, carry the three, 49,000 fucking retcons and reboots, all new, Marvel Now, Marvel Sham Wow, oh crap, we're Marvel, <laughs> Marvel's DC Marvel Experiment. Uh, Tosh.0, all the fucking reboots that Marvel has done. Just now, they're kind of getting Peter and Mary Jane back where they were. So what the fuck's been the point of the last 11 years? The, yeah. You want to well, know that's... why I don't... Why be, I've been asked why I don't dive more into, into Marvel. First of all, don't tell me what to read. I'm busy reading really weird stuff. Get out of my face. Huh. Secondly, I've always been punished for reading Marvel. This was a punishment. This was a spit in the face of a guy like me who was buying Spider-Man comics because they had amazing stories being told because I don't like the character. We've talked about this. I think Peter Parker yeah, is a goddamn bully. That's pure crazy. Because first of all, who you have bully pennants hanging up on your wall. You love bullies. You're, you're a big fan <laughs> of mine. Come on, give me a break. Touche. I, 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 I lose sleep at night. Worried about the fact that you don't like Spider-Man, but th that's a that's a different conversation. Ben Riley for life. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so you know what? Very eloquently and angrily put, I, I can appreciate that, and I think that's the pure negative energy that our fans have come to expect when I bring up the <laughs> subject to you. So uh, so I am going to wrap up my personal tirade also on a negative front because uh, I think that's just uh, it's just. It's just where we excel. Um, <laughs> it's our bread and so, butter. So, so once again, my, um, you know, my real, um, my comic book uh, um, insight really begins um, in the '90s, and uh, you know, and I, I talked about it with Valiant, but you know, to a very, very large degree, uh, the '90s, the mid '90s, I should say, belonged to. Uh, to image and and that whole slew of creators like you mentioned Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane. I mean, you know, uh, there was probably eight or eight or ten Mark Silvestri. These guys that that were the the, the biggest names in the industry at the time. I think something like um, the top the the, the like the, the 75 or 80 percent of the of the top books sold were drawn by by these character by these guys. Um, they all bounced at the same time, and um, uh, obviously when they went over to Image, there was nothing to be re rebooted there. Uh, it was all starting from, you know, they were starting from scratch. They sure they, they borrowed a lot uh, from the books that they were writing. You know, the, there were a lot of parallels between uh, one of the books that they left and the books that they started up, because that was their expertise. I, to, that I totally get. But um, I, you know the 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 ones left behind are the ones that nobody talks about, <laughs> and that's that's for good reason. So, in the 90s, Marvel Comics was desperate to get back some of the attention that was um, you know that that was now redirected towards these writers and these new comic books, Spawn and Youngblood and you know uh, you know all, all the all those books, Shadowhawk and and Pouchman. Uh, exactly. So, so, M Image is now having this amazing success, and they seem to have the pulse of the comic book buying community, much like a, a mustachioed young John Rivera himself with the Cavariches pull up high and his shiny shoes. Um, so now Marvel go ahead, and, and they realize they've got to be edgy, they've got to be controversial. So Marvel has a reboot. The Heroes Reborn, which I, I, I'll walk into St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, and proudly announce, for, you know, up to the rafters, that sucked high holy ass. <laughs> Just fucking terrible. I, I wish I could be Onslaught and go in and kill everybody that, I, that, uh, that, that goes in front of me um, that, that came from Marvel. Um, because it was just pure crap doo-doo. They re reboot the line. They update their heroes. New storylines. New creative teams. Um, and uh, it, what it what it really looked like, Charlie, it looked like a, a parody of these characters. But 
you actually use their names and their likeness. Um, the prop, probably the only thing of any kind of value from that whole Heroes Were Born era was um, the the X Men. It was was okay. You know, the the reboot that that was probably the worst was Avengers. Like I said, um, the the artwork was terrible. It lasted like no time at all. You blinked and they were like, oh, just kidding about that. Uh, that that that's not the case. None none of that is true. We're gonna be back to normal, and uh, you know again, the way that you know when someone has made a mistake, uh, you know the worst possible mistake is when they uh, when they change direction as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> you know if you're headed down, if you're driving to Florida with the family and pops pulls off the exit real lickety split, you know he done fucked up. And that's 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 pretty much exactly what Marvel did. Heroes Reborn for me, um, even more so than like New 52 or, or any of the other ones that we've talked about or even that I've personally mentioned, um, that that's probably the worst case example. Yeah, that that's that's pretty atrocious. Just a special mention before I pose a question your way. But uh, I can't believe it didn't come up. But when stupid Super Bowl, Super Super Bowl, when stupid Superboy Prime fucking punched reality. Oh, God. Get, oh. get the gritty out. I've done punched reality. And yeah. the side effect of that was my other least favorite fucking red god. Jason Todd came back. Oh, you dicks. You fucking dicks. Damn it. Damn it, John. I mean, and, and again, that that goes towards a, a topic that we've covered already. And it's one of those things in comic book dumb that is just like when something's so absurd and so, um, you know, just like so, so, so flies in the face of, of logic. And um, also when, when someone calls their shot for worst case scenario uh, where, where that that was the the how do I put this? That was like the 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 joke in comics that nobody's ever dead except for Jason Todd, you know, and 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 Uncle Ben, uh, and then all of a sudden, do 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 do, you're like, oh, you fucking dickhead. Yeah, I'm back because everyone liked me in Hush. No, I liked Clayface <laughs> pretending to be you in Hush. That was cool. I know. Why don't you Joe chill yourself to hell? And you know what's funny? Um, Clayface as Jason Todd was fucking brilliant. Jason Todd as Jason Todd is fucking dumb. And again, there that's another character that like now that he's here, there's things I like about Jason Todd. There's plenty of stuff I like about Jason Todd. He never should have come back. And and yeah, constantly no. it's like when when chicken shit is turned into chicken salad. I'll give credit where credit's due. I'm not going to say, like, there's no nothing good from Jason Todd. Simultaneously, however, I will say he should have never come back, and it pisses of me off not. that he was. I'll enjoy a story if it's good. Just nothing. Ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. So I have to ask. Yeah, it's bad. I, I have to ask, man, how do you avoid it? How uh, do you stay relevant and i'm not talking about the 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 scope of the of the big two because i've i've heard all the excuses i've heard uh -huh. the short attention span i've heard this that and a third i'm asking you not just to the confines of of u.s comics although i i i want that considered as well but just as a global thought how do you keep something relevant how do you keep it so that we can revisit it without having to to start again yeah, uh, you know what? It's a, it's a very fair question, and um, a lesser intellect than mine own might not have an answer for you, but you happen to be in luck because I have an answer for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Brainiac um, 2, because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, all joking aside, Charlie, I think it's very, very simple. And I think it's also the reason why, storytelling-wise, those comic books that are out there that have a definitive end in mind a closed circle uh, if you will always do best in, ter in terms of uh, how they're received uh, I think when you have an ultimate destination in mind even if there's further stories to be told 
you know, I'm not saying that DC should have uh, an end date to all of their stories, or, or Marvel should have an end date to all of their stories, or, or any of the any of the publishers. Quite frankly, uh, you know, ours included. But I do think that cycles are important. Storytelling cycles are important, and I think respecting what came before you needs to be important as well. And that's where I think that that's what I think is most lacking. Not to delve off into a totally different, totally different conversation because that would mean another hour of us talking. And, and frankly, my wife and dogs have to sleep. Ufa, ufa, um, ufa. But um, I, I think it really goes uh, to, to the point, the Ghostbusters recent reboot. Um, again, famously, <laughs> I don't mind saying famously, I was anti the Ghostbusters reboot. Had nothing to do, it had less than zero to do with the fact that the lead characters were women. Cannot state that enough. It has nothing to do with the fact that the lead characters were women. Um, also to the point, just because the lead characters were women, um, I was not going to rush out to go see it. And I have proudly not seen the movie. I have not lent it any support. I certainly didn't go to the premiere. <coughs> Charles. Damn it. Um, I didn't, I didn't lend any support when it was in the theaters. I didn't lend any support when it was available for rental. I didn't lend support when it showed up on the, on, on premium cable. I have never seen the movie not even so much as the opening credits. And the reason is because it completely disrespected the content that came before. It crumpled up in the ball, it threw it over its shoulder, and didn't care where it landed behind it. And that's not the way to treat something that you love. I don't care if it's Ghostbusters, I don't care if it's Marvel or DC Comics, I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's, uh, if it's US Comics, that, that is only just a fledgling idea. If something is important, you cannot discard it completely. Say, no, that never happened. Hey, look, it's something new. That's Bush League bullshit. If you have to, and I, and, I, and I stress that term, have to restart something for one reason or another, if it's become unwieldy, if it's stopped making sense, if it doesn't work in the parameters of the, uh, uh, you know, in the capacity that you want to use it, fine. Then you then you reshape it, reform it, relaunch it in such a way. I don't. You know who did it right? And again, I'll, I'll use the cinematic world. Who they did it right? Star Trek. They did a reboot right. And obviously, movies and comic books are not the same thing, but they are the same. Um, they what they did was in the storytelling. Obviously, for anybody who doesn't know, I'll, I'll break it down. They they had a sever in their timeline, much like. Uh, aforementioned Marty McFly they had a different timeline so now and they had a justification for it they explained it in like what two seconds flat yeah. they explained how there's now a different timeline and this is the timeline that we're going to explore it means that everything that happened before all of those little you know uh, James and, and, and Kirk moments that happened that you love and, and tuck yourself to sleep at night all the little uh you know, all the little blasters that you have on the wall and uh, beeping USS Enterprises, those are all still fine. They all still exist. You can still love them the same way that you've always loved them. But now, here's something in addition to, and this is where the focus is going to be. Um, uh, DC could have done it. Marvel could have done it. Valiant even could have done it in such a way that they left their old universes intact and skewed off to tell new stories with old characters. That's exactly how, if you must do it, that's how you can do it. But, much like our tenants um, uh, state, uh, just going back to, to you know personal things for US Comics, we have no intention to ever reboot, because I truly think that when you have uh, an end of cycle storyline in mind, you build towards that, once you hit that point, you just say, okay, what's next? And you can tell further stories. You can introduce different characters, different perspectives. You can revisit certain things in the timeline from different perspectives. There's a lot of very interesting ways to do that that do not disrespect the fan or the material. It doesn't spit in the face of the fan or the material or the history. And I think, Charlie, 
personally, I think that's the only way to do it. I would, uh, I, I would say this in a very, very selfish way and, and uh, fitting right along with some of my self, uh, th- to my own detriment, I- I'm going to say this. I do truly believe it is better to crash and burn than fade away. And I think these reboots and retcons a lot of times are just people trying to hold on to either their place in the in the industry or, or hold on to their place in their own mind. And that's when disrespecting where you came from becomes okay. DC has a has a history of a, of kind of a brand new direction. Again, Golden Age and Silver Age are not what we had, uh, uh, you know, when we were kind of coming up and reading these books. It didn't make those things not matter. It didn't make those things go away. Um, you know, you, you, I, I'll give credit to something odd before we sign off here. Uh, Superman Returns, a film most people dislike. Uh, yeah, I got to give him credit for trying to do a follow-up to to a movie that they loved and had a passion for and said, we're going to tag on to this. We're going to tag on to what came before. We're going to kind of retcon their own franchise with our new franchise and it didn't work i'm for their sake i hope they're happy they tried um and and i don't think failing is always the worst thing that movie got to really be a movie and uh i i i I never remember but i'm pretty sure it didn't lose money um obviously it wasn't it wasn't beloved by the fans or critics but nonetheless they kind of did uh, a continuation of a story there's kind of a nobility in that sort of death it's a good death as batman in the dark knight uh, would say um when it's just like no now he's a 15 year old tween like it's just 15 year old tween i'm an idiot um <laughs> yeah you can edit that out not i'm not gonna do it i need people to know it is better to crash and burn than fade away for the he's ceo like, and here's of a good u.s comics john rivera i'm the coo we founded this so you don't have to follow us on our social media we're at read us comics we're done we're out go read your comic books buy some new ones give something new a chance until next comic book day we are out Peace.